Welcome to the Highly Sensitive Podcast. I'm Lauren LaSalle, and I'm a former therapist, a highly sensitive person, and a boundary setting coach for highly sensitive people. My hope for this podcast is to create a feeling of community, be a supportive place for HSPs, and normalize our experiences as highly sensitive people. Thank you so much for joining me, and let's begin. Welcome to the Highly Sensitive Podcast. I'm Lauren LaSalle, and I'm a boundary setting coach for highly sensitive people. I help highly sensitive people pleasers prioritize their needs and reclaim their time and energy. If you would like to work on setting boundaries of your own, be sure to download my free boundary setting workbook for highly sensitive people. And if you would like to get tips, exclusive offers, updates about any classes that I'm offering, first dibs on joining my new programs, my free guide, five self-care tips for highly sensitive people, and more, make sure you're on my email list. I will link to the workbook and email list form in the episode description. My guest today was so much fun to talk to. I really think we could have recorded several episodes in a row and I would have been totally okay with it. Rachel Dornianu, LPC, NCC, is an individual and premarital couples psychotherapist. She works with ages 16 and up. Her specialties include anxiety, boundaries, highly sensitive people concerns, perfectionism, premarital counseling, and sex therapy. She offers online sessions for Georgia residents. Clients that work with her appreciate her humor and straightforward, adaptable approach. They like that she meets them where they are and work on goals together. You can learn more about her by visiting sagecounselingtherapyandwellness.com, and I will put her website and social media links in the episode description for your convenience. If you enjoy this episode and you want to hear more from Rachel, or if you just want to hear more podcast episodes in general, become a subscriber on Spotify or on Patreon. And if you do this, you can hear her bonus tip and our conversation about spoon theory that is airing next week. We talk about what spoon theory is, give examples from our lives, and talk about managing your energy levels. By becoming a subscriber, you will get access to two bonus episodes a month. This means that you will be getting four episodes each month instead of two. Bonus episodes could be a mini episode that I record on my own, and that's usually something that just pops into my head and I think, oh, I should talk about this. Maybe something that's going on in my life and a little tip that I offer. It could be a continuation of a conversation with a guest or a bonus tip. Diving deeper into a topic, a guided meditation, we'll see what I can come up with for you. Becoming a subscriber only costs $5 a month and your support is very much appreciated. And like I said, you can either subscribe on Spotify or if you don't use Spotify, you can subscribe on Patreon and you will get the same content either way. I will put those links in the episode description as well. I guess you might as well just check out the episode description because there are so many good links in there. And as always, if you have any ideas for episode topics, if you have any questions for me to answer on the podcast, or if you would like to write an email sharing your story for me to read on the podcast, you can email me at lauren at laurenthestylecoaching.com. And you can find out more about my coaching programs as well as resources and links to my social media by visiting my website at laurenlasallecoaching.com. And before we get into the conversation, I just remembered that 
Rachel mentions the ACT workbook for perfectionism, and she sent me the link in an email, so I will include that link in the episode description as well. So if that's something you want to check out, the Amazon link will be there, and you can go ahead and and purchase the workbook. And without further ado, here is my conversation with Rachel. So what was your experience like discovering that you're highly sensitive? Oh, so let's see. I um, had always known that I was like a little extra sensitive as like a kid and a teen. But then I noticed uh, right during the pandemic, actually around 2020, I don't know if other people have had that experience as well, but it was 2020 of you're stuck in the house and you're trying to make ends meet. And you're also living with your partner and you're also trying to do all these things at the same time. And it's, it's a lot. So feeling that overwhelmed, feeling that like extra anxiety, feeling hypervigilant that everything needs to have like small bits of control where I could in, you know, a two bedroom apartment, it was a, it was a lot. So trying to make sure that I could find control somewhere was not working. And I happened to be just kind of looking up something for a client that they said they were feeling really sensitive about something. I was like, oh, interesting, highly sensitive people. Sounds like me. And so I kept reading. I found Dr. Elaine Aaron's uh, website and I found Julie B. Ellen and all these other people. They're like big wigs in the HSP community. I was like, oh, my people. Great. I found them. So I started just researching all the things. I got trained, I think probably the next month to be a, a not specialist because it happens very quickly, but getting trained and certified to be able to work with people that have that HSP trait, that personality trait, that that was very fun. And then as soon as I started marketing for it, blew up, found all the clients that were HSPs and like our little nooks and crannies. And it's been awesome. That's great. Wow. So it sounds like it was a relatively new discovery for you. Very much so. 2020. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Pretty close. The, I, I like that you were looking something up for a client and you're like, oh, this is also me. It's kind of funny how that happens sometimes. <laughs> it worked out well. It, it's always fun when a client has something similar to us and we're just like, oh, okay. So yet one thought that you had been there. Mm-hmm. That's fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you're here to talk about perfectionism, which I'm very excited about because I... Um, I'm a recovering perfectionist, <laughs> as I'm sure a lot of us are. <laughs> yeah, um, so in case anybody doesn't know what it is, what is perfectionism? And then what are some signs that someone might be experiencing this? Oh, sure. So uh, as a fellow recovering perfectionist as well, that from what I've understood, there's about three main types of perfectionism. So with that, I feel like it's easier to explain those rather than just give this really broad definition. So there can be self-oriented perfectionism of where it's all about ourselves. We're critical of ourselves. We have like that, that inner critic in our heads. We have really high standards for ourselves. And then there's other oriented perfectionism of where it's expectations for others. Maybe you get really frustrated and critical and judgy of your partner or of a colleague at work or a peer at school and they're not living up to your expectations or it's um, kind of like socially prescribed perfectionism of where you feel that society, uh, authority figures, coaches, parents, whomever it might be, have really high expectations for you and they're hard to live up to. But there's three main types. But in terms of how it feels, it can really vary. There's some people that will be 
overachievers. That's me <laughs> where we do all the things and try and make sure we're constantly doing better and doing more. Or there can be the procrastination piece of where you may avoid and procrastinate. Like, well, I can't live up to that standard. Why try? So it, we kind of have our, our two main boats, but you can have a blend, right? It doesn't have to be black and white. It can be like a cute little gray scale of maybe we avoid some things, but we're really killing it in something else. Mm-hmm. So where does this tend to come from? If somebody is saying, oh yeah, that sounds like me. Why am I like this? Yeah. Oh, that's a great question. So it can depend. It What I've understood is that a lot of it is environmental. Obviously there's some bits that can be passed down, but it tends to be more environmental of how you were raised, maybe as your parents or authority figures, coaches. Uh, maybe there were some peers that were really competitive. I've had a lot of clients, especially younger clients of where they have such an intense peer group of where they compete for the highest grade in the class. And they're constantly pushing themselves to do better, which in small doses, lovely. But in grand scheme of things, if that's your only expectation is to do better than your peer and your friend group one week, and they beat you the next, and then this gets low and healthy. <laughs> so it can uh, depend, but I've noticed it's usually starting childhood-ish. It really molds us and shapes us into who we are usually an authority figure or someone had some high expectations for us, or I've had a few people of where it's truly just from them. They've said, Hey, parents were super supportive. They didn't care what I did, but I put that expectation expectation on myself because it's what made me feel good. It's where I found my worth. So it depends on the person. I think a lot of people listening are probably saying, oh, (laughs) that sounds a lot like me and myself included. I mean, that's one reason why, like I said, I'm so excited to talk about this because I don't think I really knew that I put so much pressure on myself Mm -hmm. for a long time. And then when I realized it, it was like, you're not being nice to yourself. You've been really mean to yourself for a long time. (laughs) we're, We're really good at that. We're like professional bullies. It's really neat. Yeah. Yeah. I hear that. I hear that. Yeah. Solid. I'm curious where, where did your perfectionism start? If you feel comfortable yeah. sharing. That's such a good question. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking because I had really supportive parents. Um, I also had really big feelings that they didn't know how to deal with. Mm-hmm. And I think it kind of comes from, me expressing those a lot um, in very big ways. And they were just kind of like, stop, like, calm down. You're fine. Stop being like a baby. Um, yeah. Because it was just too much. They didn't know how to deal with it. And and while that kept, that's how I expressed myself, like all through my teenage years, I think it really affected me and feeling like I'm not good enough and um, mm-hmm. making me have a certain standard for myself to feel like I needed to be a certain way to, I don't know, feel accepted by them. I don't, and it it was so subconscious too. (laughs) It's, it's really crazy how that happens. Oh, spot on. I had a a similar uh, upbringing of sorts of like parents overall were, were pretty supportive and understanding of like, as long as you're doing your best, great. But then Mm -hmm. There's something that clicked in me of do better. What what are you doing? Stop, stop trying to feel all these emotions. The HSP part though, same wavelength of like mm. for me going shopping, <laughs> not a good situation. 
the bright <laughs> lights, the scratchy fabrics, the clinking of the clothes on the hangers clinking together with the plastic and oh, not a good situation. So it, I've got to be in a really good headspace for that. But mm-hmm. it is wild, man. What what HSPs and perfectionists all that tied together? It we got a lot of similarities. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think HSPs are more susceptible to perfectionism than non-HSPs? <laughs> um, one million percent. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The, my, my reasoning besides just yes. Hi. Hello. Is because I've noticed that with perfection, especially my clients, even friends that are HSPs, I send them like a little quiz for fun just to be like, are you an HSP as well? But <laughs> they clients and friends and whomever it is that I talk with that they will have such a tendency of, I need control over something. I need routine. I need structure. So that way I'm not overwhelmed because from what I've noticed is that HSPs kind of operate on like trauma modes, almost of like we're already heightened already. And mm-hmm. so when something happens, we just like through the stratosphere of, Oh, well, that's not okay. Or we're startled or something threw us off and we're frightened and it throws our, our next few hours off. So making sure that we have some structure and routine, we're going to grasp at whatever we can to make that happen. And so, I mean, that can be like Google calendars or a, a task list or something, something about checking things off on a list. So happy because you know exactly what's going to be happening that that that's been my experience. I'm curious for you, what, what feels that, that tie, does it feel like that for you? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think, and I was just, when you were talking, it kind of triggered a memory of, I don't know if this is like an HSP thing or perfectionism or both, but I, yeah, things had to be a certain way. And like, if I I had these blankets and if my mom put them on me, it had to be this blanket and then this one and then this one. And it was definitely like a control thing. And there were sensory things also that I needed. Um, that I think was, was that piece of it, but yeah, it's really interesting to think back and just see how it all makes sense. (laughs) And then trying to like undo it and undo those, the way that I speak to myself and the way that I think about myself and the way that I, the expectations that I have for myself. And it's so hard because it's hard to be aware of them when you, when you're just doing it your whole life. Oh, spot on. I mean, when we have 30 plus years of experience doing that, that is a really hard habit to break. Yeah. And so for for anybody listening, I just want to make sure that you're being really gentle with yourself. And that is truly one itty bitty baby smidgen step ahead still counts. Mm-hmm. That don't put this big pressure on yourself of, well, as a perfectionist and an HSP, I need to perfect everything and have everything fantastic by tomorrow. No, you're, you're going to get burned out real quick. And then you come see us. But, <laughs> but with that said, I just want to make sure that people are really gentle and noticing those small successes along the way, because then you'll feel more successful over the long run. So just, just be gentle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's something that I've had to work with, um, with clients too, is like, do you realize how you're speaking to yourself? Would you talk to somebody else like that? Like, no, I would never say that to one of my friends. Then don't say it to yourself either. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that's part of the awesome work that we get to do is being really kind when we notice and observe those things with our clients of, Hey, did you hear what you just said? Wow. What a bitch. 
Mm-hmm. And it's not calling the client that by any means, but that, that critic in your head of, wow, she's awful. Mm-hmm. He, man, where did he come from? That, that is not okay. They, they shouldn't be saying that to you. Your parents wouldn't say that to you, hopefully. Right. That noticing those things, it, we just got to slow them down. And cause you know, those spirals will happen in session is like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I heard five di- different, truly horrible, critical things. Let, let's break them down. Reframe gentleness. Oh, I love our jobs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it is, it is so nice being able to point those things out for people. And then you see them kind of go, Oh, <laughs> wow. You're oh. right. Yeah. It's, it's so fun. But, and then it's also like when they go, oh, I'm so mean to myself. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. To notice those light bulb moments for them of, wow, I have some work to do Mm -hmm. on how I treat myself. Right. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So what are ways that some, that people can cope with perfectionistic tendencies? Ooh, well, as someone that's still learning, (laughs) the, the things that I would say to myself and other people is that uh, finding a way to have acceptance of knowing your triggers of knowing your body of practicing affirmations. When I say of having like knowing your triggers and knowing acceptance. So if you're, if you guys are whoever's listening and also yourself, if you're aware of ACT, acceptance and commitment therapy, mm-hmm. big, big fan. Um, I just did a training with somebody in Australia. It was wild. It's like a world worldwide situation. Big fan. Can't remember her name for the life of me. Jennifer or something, maybe obsessed with her. It's all like ACT based with perfectionism. Big fan. Um, I think she also has a workbook on Amazon that I can try and send you the link when oh, I can find it. Yeah. Um, but with act, we're finding ways to accept who we are. We're accepting that, yes, this thought is happening rather than let me grab onto it. Like I'm being dragged through the mud by a truck. It's I'm aware we're letting thoughts come and go like passing cars of, okay, thank you brain for allowing me to have that thought. I realize it's not helpful, but I acknowledge it. And we move forward with our day rather than, oh my gosh, I'm this horrible person. I'm a failure. This is a life defining moment. No, it is something that happened. We give ourselves some grace and some kindness and we move along. So a lot of that acceptance is a big thing for perfectionists. Knowing the triggers, that's for HSP or for perfectionism of what's going to set you off, what's going to throw off your whole day if it happens. Uh, So the thing that comes to mind is like when you're in traffic and let's say, because I know Atlanta traffic is horrible. I'm not entirely sure where you are, Lauren, but Atlanta traffic sucks. (laughs) And so... If you make sure that you give yourself like a good 30 minute, 45 minute cushion, you're not going to be stressed out running into your meeting. If you happen to be close to that nine o'clock meeting time is you have a really solid cushion. You know that traffic throws you off. You have some really great, like little squishies in your car for stress. If you need to, you have a great podcast to listen to. Maybe this one convenient, (laughs) making sure that you're taking care of yourself almost prepping before, during, after any big stressful events can be helpful for perfectionists and HSPs. Uh, What else? Oh, I'm a big fan of brain dumping. If you guys have done that before and challenging your thinking, would it help for me to explain brain dumping or we feel like we're pretty solid? Yes. An explanation would be great. Yeah. Great. Um, So brain dumping, I also call it word vomit. 
whatever just kind of happens in your head, you literally write it down on paper just, and we've unfurled everything. So I would say with brain dumping, I wouldn't go more than 10 minutes max. Otherwise we're spiraling, Mm -hmm. but just really everything that comes up, if it's, this is a stupid exercise. Why am I doing brain dumping? This is silly. Cool. Write it down, (laughs) get everything out of your head. And and that way you've processed the entire thing. Typically it's great right before bed, like not right before, maybe like two hours before. So you're not still spiraling a little (laughs) as you're going into bed, bad correlations there, but making sure you, you brain dump everything that's happened, processed your day. If you need to write some affirmations, some mantras, something of you forgiving yourself for the inner critic in your head, whatever it might be at the end of it to help kind of get closure and sum up everything you just brain dumped lovely. I just want to make sure that you've had a way to get it out of your head and on paper rather than letting it sit there and mull over as you're trying to toss and turn in your sleep at night. Mm-hmm. That's a great tip. Yeah. That seems like it's really helpful to just get it out. Just get it out. <laughs> big, big fan. You should see my poor journal. It's just like stacked full of brain dumps. It's wonderful. <laughs> well, was there anything else that you wanted to make sure to bring up? Before we wrap up, oh, let me see. Oh, man, we have just, I could talk to you forever. Um, <laughs> let's see. What else do I want to cover? I'm looking through all my notes, making sure I'm not missing a thing. Uh, let's see. Uh, the one thing I was curious about in terms of HSPs and things, I wanted to know if you guys have covered kind of fight or flight mode and uh, making sure that we know ways to get out of hyper, hyper arousal and hypo arousal. Have you covered that in past podcast? I don't think so. Not, not too much. So that would be share just fun. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) Um, So the way I kind of envision it is this cute little table. And so hopefully, because I know we're video recording, whoever's happening to see the video clip, you're welcome. It's going to be a lot easier to see it with my hands because I talk with my hands. So with... It's also called window of tolerance, if that helps. If you want to do a cute little Google search later of window of tolerance, this will be way easier to see visually. So window of tolerance, let's say we have this cute little window uh, of whatever normal is for you. It can look different for everybody. But then there's above the window, there's hyper arousal. And then below the window of tolerance, there's hypo arousal. And so hyper arousal is when we are feeling like fight or flight, we're really stressed, irritated, overwhelmed, or like super aroused, like not in a sexy way, just like in a, our body is aroused, something's going on, we're stimulated. And then below the window into hypo arousal, that's when we feel kind of like sluggish, lethargic, maybe a little depressed, um, just the freeze response, if that rings the bell of just, oh, I got nothing kind of tapped out, zoned out. And so with HSPs, it's really helpful to know one, your triggers, but also to know when you're hitting into hyper arousal or hypo arousal and noticing those patterns. So if you can kind of track it through a whole day of, let's say it's hyper arousal at 8am because you wake up and anxiety hit and you looked at your phone because it was social media and that was triggering which is possible with the news lately, right? And then, so you hit hyper arousal and then let's say you kind of crash for a bit and you're like, oh, that coffee hasn't kicked in yet. I'm on my morning commute. This is hard. I'm just kind of like sluggishly going through my commute. 
maybe that's happening. That's hypoarousal. And noticing those big leaps aren't helpful. The goal is to be able to have those ups and downs within your normal zone window of tolerance because there's no perfect day perfectionist out there, but there there's a a norm of highs and lows, ups and downs throughout a day that's still in your norm. That's still in that window of tolerance. We want to try and not be in hyper arousal or hypo arousal because we're going to have that crash. And that's when it feels a little bit more intense. So also not only noticing your body and your sensations and your thoughts, all the cute aspects of healthy wellness, but knowing coping skills to get you out of hyper or hypo arousal. So definitely encourage you guys to do that for homework. This is not therapy disclaimer, but (laughs) for homework after this podcast, try and think of coping skills to get you out of those more intense zones that can be really helpful for HSPs. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you for bringing that up. I think that's a great thing for people to be aware of. Great. Yeah. Happy to share. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, if people want to connect with you, what are ways that they can do that? Oh, so many things. I will send you all the links for all the things. So every (laughs) social media platform you can possibly think of, I'm probably on it. Um, But it's mainly going to be searching for Sage Counseling and Wellness or my name, Rachel Dordiano. In terms of connecting with me, there's my website, sagecounselingtherapyandwellness.com. There are, gosh, 130 something resources on a resource page for helpful links and, and tips and tricks and things. And there's my Amazon storefront of all of the books that I've personally read or tools I've used with clients or for myself. So that way you have easy access to something that a therapist is actually somewhat approved of <laughs> rather than just scary things on the internet. <laughs> so highly recommend checking some of those things out on my website. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here and and sharing all of this information. I think people will find this really helpful. Great. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to the Highly Sensitive Podcast. You can help support the show by taking a minute to rate and review it, share a favorite episode with a friend, or go to patreon.com slash highly sensitive podcasts.